Hey guys, it's Maya and I just wanted to jump on here and promote my takes Instagram really quick because we're doing a lot of fun things. I'm doing more posts, more stories, and I also have to say I've started a new series called The Bottom Shelf and it's video reviews, IGTV video reviews, and I think they're super fun and they're all on the Instagram. So go follow my take on social media and specifically on Instagram at underscore my take. Maya back again, guys. I have one more update for y'all. My Take now has a Patreon. I'm trying to expand the My Take community and also expand my earnings a little bit by creating a Patreon. We have three tiers, and in the top tier, we're actually starting a My Take book club. So anybody who joins, we're going to be reading a book together a month, and there's going to be monthly live streams and Discord benefits. So I'd really, really, really appreciate it if you could go check it out. The link is in the show notes. Y'all, Emily Henry wrote a new book. Oh, oh, oh my god. Everybody already knows that I, along with the rest of the world, am completely and absolutely obsessed with Emily Henry and everything that she writes, especially her rom-coms. And she released a new book at the beginning of May, and it's book-themed, and I think book-themed books are what she does best because Beach Read is my favorite book of hers. And I am just so, so very excited to be here and to be talking about book lovers. And this book follows Nora, who is a shark-like literary agent and ends up spending the summer in a small town with her sister Libby. And that's where she reconnects with Charlie, who is a book editor, and they work together on one of Nora's clients' books. And obviously, there's romance and love and happy feelings and it was just so good and lovely and I like read it in the perfect amount of time too because I didn't like sit and binge it in one day but I also like I very much could have it's very bingeable but I also didn't drag it on I like read decent chunks and it was just it was so good and there's romance and banter and small town and tropes and I had an amazing time reading it but also it sucks because the thing about Beach Read was it was the first Emily Henry book I read and so there was no like longing and waiting and like needing another one of her books to come out before that but now since that I've been like oh my god when is another Emily Henry coming out and so now we have another like at least year to wait for her next book but I absolutely loved and adored this one and it was beautiful and I'm like so so like over the moon to be here talking about it books tv music and movies all things that make a big impact on everyone I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I am Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. Okay, so as always with the book, we're going to start with a little bit on the writing, and the first thing I have to say is the banter. Emily Henry is the banter queen, even with Beatreed and with people we meet on vacation, like that was very clear. The banter between her characters is always so, so, so good. And I've seen some people on Bookstagram saying that the banter bordered on being unrealistic. And that is probably true because like the way they go back and forth is so sharp and spot on and witty and funny and beautiful that like it probably is a little bit unrealistic. But it's fiction and I don't really care because I was just dying over all of it and it was so good. And it like really made the dynamic between Nora and Charlie like so perfect and amazing because you just saw like their quick-wittedness and their like 
hilarity and it's just like the things Emily Henry comes up with in her brain like the Bigfoot erotica thing and like all of their different little inside jokes it's just like I love the dynamic between Emily Henry's characters because of that and because of how beautiful they are and it just like it's so good I loved it so 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 much and I also love how Emily Henry pulled in so many romance tropes especially with like it wasn't just her like throwing them out there for the readers to catch it was like Nora identifying them and Nora like having them in her brain and like because she works with books like that's how she sees the world and I thought it was really cool and really interesting and I love that and I love like the way that Emily Henry is slowly like picking through tropes because with Beach Read we looked a lot at like romance and like the merits of romance as a genre and there's that whole section about how like romance makes the world a brighter place with braver people and with this one we see that like just because romance has its tropes doesn't mean that like the characters we don't necessarily speak about aren't worthy and aren't needed and aren't like necessary because like Nora sees herself as like the foil for the small town heroine in most romances but like she gets her own romance in this one and I really really love that. I also I've talked a lot about Beatrice already but the little crossovers are so cute and like she just keeps planting January and Gus who are the two leads in Beatrice into her books because they are in people we meet on vacation because I think somebody is reading a book by either Gus or January and people we meet on vacation but then in this one like Nora's reading January's books and Charlie edited one of January's books so I love that she just keeps planting them in there because it like just brings a sense of like comfort you just like see that name and you're like oh my god I know that character and you like know that they're doing well especially because January is releasing like new books in this one so you know that like her publishing career is doing great and I love that crossover and like I love when authors do that when like they create a world and all of their other characters are in that world like Colleen Hoover does this a couple times um I am not going to say the other author because that would be kind of spoilers, but there's another author that I love that has done that. And so I love, love, love when that happens, especially in contemporary books, because in like Percy Jackson or in fantasy books, you kind of expect it more. But in contemporary books, you don't necessarily expect it because you're just living like a normal world. And like they're not companion series, obviously, like in a companion series, that's one thing. But when they're just standalone books and you happen to see that, it just makes me so incredibly happy. And also what makes me happy is Emily Henry's sentences because sometimes when, especially in romance books, because I started noticing this more and more with the love that split the world because that was like less romance focused. Like there was a love story in it, obviously like love is in the title, but it was less like solely focused on the romance. And so With that one, I started noticing more and more, like, the sentences and how pretty they were, but Emily Henry, like, writes amazing banter, writes really good love stories, writes incredible smut, and also still, like, writes these amazing, beautiful sentences that sometimes knock you off your feet, and you don't even realize it half the time because you're just so swept up in the character's love story, but, like, there are so many good sentences and such pretty language, and in this one, especially with all of the different comparisons to falling in love and like love and romance and lust like there's this one my skin buzzes like my blood is made of iron fillings and his eyes are magnets sweeping over them which beautiful and then there's this other one 
I read once that sunflowers always orient themselves to face the sun. That's what being near Charlie Lastra is like for me. Like, come on. Are those not the most, like, beautiful, perfect sentences you have ever read? Like, I just, her sentences are so good and I, like, sometimes miss them. But I, like, in this book, it started to click for me. And so now I feel like it would be really interesting for me to reread Beach Read and People We Meet on Vacation and, like, see what else I could pull out from those. But so many beautiful, beautiful sentences. And also, this one is not just, like, a love story. There's also, like, a lot of personal growth in this one, too, because Nora really has to confront, like, her past and her current relationships and how, like, strongly she just holds on to, like, trying to take care of people and trying to fix problems and how she doesn't necessarily know how to, like, be there for people in the sense that, like, you just kind of sometimes need to slow down and listen and not just try to fix something. And so she really has to do a lot of growth with that. And so it really balances the book as a whole. And it also, I feel like, would be an injustice to Nora if we wrote a book solely about her falling in love when she talks all about how she fucking hates the small town tropes. I loved all the small town tropes in this book. Like, Heart of Dixie is one of my guilty pleasures. I love a small town rom-com. So basically, the book was amazing. The writing was amazing. Emily Henry always fucking kills it. And I just... It's so good. And also the cover, like Emily Henry has such adorable, amazing, cute covers. And I love that like the little blurbs and stuff are always um, in kind of like handwriting font and the spines are always a different color and they're so colorful and bright and fun and like just perfect in every fucking way. I love these books so much. But that is all I have to say on the writing. So now we're going to jump into the plot. off with a prologue and I feel like a lot of Emily Henry's books have a prologue but I love the fact that they met two years ago and they had this like meeting about one of Dusty's books and even in that meeting like the banter is on point it's so good they're so fun you see like the connection and the chemistry there already and I love that but then the book and the plot fully kicks off because Libby is like hey I've made a small town rom-com bucket list you are gonna come to Sunshine Falls with me. We are going to have a girls trip and like I, oh my god, I loved that so, so much because like it was so cute and adorable and I want to do that. Like I fuck Nicholas Sparks because he's homophobic and racist and we don't like him and I'm embarrassed that I spent a bunch of money on a lot of his books, though I have bought a lot of his books secondhand and I'm trying to unhaul as many of his books as I possibly can. But I would love to, like, make a message in a bottle or the notebook checklist and go on, like, a small town rom-com adventure. Like, it's it's just so cute and adorable and I love it and I love that Libby was doing this. But then I hated that, like, Nora was trying to protect Libby. Like, she saw that the town didn't necessarily look the same way it did in the book and she was like, oh my god, we have to make sure Libby never comes here. I'm like, girl... I think Libby can be disappointed that it's not, like, picture perfect. Like, I know Libby is an adult. And so you see very early on, like, the links that Nora is going to to try and, like, protect Libby. And so it just, like, their relationship was definitely not where you would think it would be. Because, like, I get it. They lost, like, a family member 
they lost their mom who's their only parent and like that thrust them into very different roles but also it feels like you would think after it's been a long time since they lost their mom so you would think that like they would have worked something out but they haven't so their relationship you just like really got a good insight into it in the very early on stages of the book which I appreciated but then Nora sees Charlie in line at mug plus shot and starts emailing him and somehow they get on the topic of Bigfoot erotica and there's like late night email flirting which I love (laughs) oh they're just I don't know how Emily Henry's brain comes up with that I mean I'm sure like that exists out there in the world but like I just love it because it's like so absurd but also so amazing and incredible and I loved it and then I also love that part of the bucket list includes hair makeovers because I all of my friends can attest to I'm always talking about dyeing my hair or changing my hair or doing something to my hair I don't think I would ever let my friends cut my hair I've let one of my friends dye my hair before but she like dyes her hair a lot so like I had trust in her to put bleach on my head but I I guess I would let my friends pick a color because I've asked my friends for input on picking colors to dye my hair before, but I would not let anybody cut my hair because I, I mean, hair grows back, but you know, I did love that Nora smashed it with the pink bob for Libby, and I love that Libby was like, I wanted to give you close to your natural hair color because I want you to realize that you naturally are perfect and lovely and I love you. And it was just a really cute moment. Like, they had a lot of really cute sister moments in the book that I really appreciated. But between all their sister moments, Nora is also having lovely moments with Charlie, including going to Papa Squat, which all of the names of all of the things in the town were hilarious. But she goes there and she gets pages of Dusty's new book and Dusty's lead is eerily similar to Nora. So she's like, fuck, this is stupid. My like longest standing client sees me as this like vile, frigid bitch. And she's trying to leave because she's embarrassed. And she literally like runs straight into Charlie. And he's like, hey, what's going on? And like talks to her. And then they drink and she thinks she's hustling him at pool because she used to hustle frat people with her roommate. But in fact, Charlie Ted lassos her because he makes a shot with his right hand and then is like, oh my god, I forgot, I'm left-handed. And I, first of all, the fact that it's a Ted Lasso reference, like Emily Henry hasn't come out and said it's a Ted Lasso reference, but come on. Like that's one of the most pinnacle scenes in season one of Ted Lasso is, oh, I forgot I'm left-handed and like everything that follows that. So I'm choosing to believe it's a Ted Lasso reference. And I love that he does that. And I love that she then has to like open up to him on the walk home. And like, she's slowly starting to like form a really good relationship with him. And then of course they have the whole, like, this didn't happen making out in the rain, but like you start to see their connection and you start to see them bonding and you start to see them inching closer towards like saying that they can be in a relationship and it's even better because Charlie gets his way and he gets to edit Frigid and the two of them start working at the bookstore because the bookstore is the only place with wi-fi so like Nora's always sitting in the cafe and he's always sitting at the register and they're like looking at each other and text flirting and it's like (laughs) it's just so cute I just I love it I love it so much and then the bookstore becomes like a bigger place in the story because Livy decides that like 
that's her save a business because they always like save a business in small town rom-coms so she's gonna save the bookstore and like charlie's mom who <laughs> charlie's mom makes me laugh so much because she always like every time she's introduced it's like either like smells like weed or like earthy jasmine so you know she's like always fucking high and it's kind of hilarious but charlie's mom approves of nora before they're even like considered to be a thing and Nora does go on a disaster date. Libby sets her up on a date with a local and Charlie is there to help her escape out the back of the restaurant. And they end up at an Italian restaurant and they make their bet for Charlie's apartment because Nora thinks that Libby needs a new apartment in New York City. And Charlie also gives us the line, that there are not women who are too tall. There are just men that are scared to date women who are tall. So clearly we can tell that he is very much into her. And I don't know if it's... I can't remember with people we meet on vacation. But, like, I love that for a lot of Emily Henry's books, like, the guy falls first. Like, it's really, really cute because she's, like, really trying to hold off her feelings. And she's really like, I can't do this or these are all these problems. But, like, the guy always was like... I like you, you fucking idiot. And so I love that. And I love that line because it was so resonant with Nora and so just good. And then they take the cottage shortcut and they're skinny dipping. And there's like really intense like hooking up. Like I was so excited because Emily Henry does write kind of some of the best smut. And I was just like, yes, it's finally going to happen. We're going to move into like full-fledged relationship. It's going to be great. But then, of course... Her phone rings and she panics because she's not there for Dusty when she said she would call Dusty back and like Libby could have gotten into danger so she's not there for Libby and she's like look Charlie you're a distraction I can't have this which is fucking stupid because Charlie's not a distraction he's helping you loosen up and learn work-life balance and like he really loves you for who you are and I was just mad I was really mad because I thought it was going to be a much bigger thing than it was. Like, in reality, Charlie is a very mature person. And, like, they did have a little bit of, like, they went at it a little bit for that. But, like, also, they were able to maintain a good professional relationship and, like, be really good co-editors. And, like, it's kind of awkward, obviously, because of how Nora reacted. But, like, we see how good Nora is as an editor. And we see her continuing to make stupid decisions because she clearly likes him but then goes and lets Shepard the Shepherd give her a tour of town and then goes to the play with Libby and ends up having a breakdown um, after the play. Of course, she has her breakdown in Charlie's childhood bedroom, so he comforts her. And, like, this scene might have been one of my favorite scenes in the entire book because they said the most sweet, adorable, lovely things to each other. I It was just so beautiful and lovely and perfect and happy making and like you really saw how much they saw each other and the depths of their love for each other and it like it really it had me emotional like it was a really really amazing scene and like showed how good they would be together if they really were gonna let themselves like completely fall into that and it just it was so good it was so good and then afterwards, they are editing in the library together. And I love that, like, image of them just in, like, a small town library. And it was, it was so cute. And then they, like, almost, 
start fucking on a study room table, which I mean, I would have supported. I think it would have been awkward because I'm sure they would have been caught. But like this book, I think, no, people we meet on vacation. I don't know. It was one of the books where we had to wait longer for Smut and Emily Henry books. I was like, part of me was like, finally, yes, just go for it, do it, whatever. Part of me was like, um, maybe not in a very public place, but we almost have that interaction. And then Nora calls like this number that Shepard had given her to give to Libby after this and thinks she found out that Libby was getting a divorce because it's a family law attorney. And instead of talking to Libby and being like, hey, like I had this number, like, are you getting a divorce? What's going on? Is everything okay? She makes like an action plan to like try and convince Libby to like not get a divorce or something. Like she just doesn't talk at all that's Nora's problem she doesn't like ask people what they need she assumes she knows and so then she's asked to interview for the editing job and then somehow this devolves into like yelling with Libby because Libby's accusing her of spending all her time at work and then when Libby collapses we found out that she's anemic when she's pregnant and she's known this because it happened with her last pregnancy but she refused to tell Nora because Nora mothers Libby and because Libby didn't want Nora to worry and so like Emily Henry really found a way to like worm miscommunication into a rom-com and not make me hate it. I mean I hate it for their relationship but you see it's like long-standing like I'm assuming how this one person will react so I'm not gonna say anything and like that's both of them like their internal monologues and so they're using a lot of oh what's the word? cognitive distortions they're using a lot of cognitive distortions they're fair fortune telling about what somebody's going to say and so it's impacting their behavior and basically they really needed to just sit down and hash out a lot of their feelings a lot earlier than this but no it takes Libby blacking out and ending up in the hospital but because of this they talk and Nora agrees she's going to do a lot less mothering but then we find out that of course Charlie isn't going back to New York City. The editor job that Nora was asked to interview for was his. And then we get a blackout. And they're editing in the blackout. And then they start fucking in the blackout. And I was, like, feeling deprived by this point. I was like, seriously, we've had so many almost moments. Like, when is it going to happen? What the fuck? Why are they not getting together? And... It was so good and so lovely and I loved it so much. And I loved also like how honest Nora was afterwards because Charlie was like, stay. And Nora was like, I like genuinely cannot. Like this is a visceral fear of mine. Like I can't do this. But instead of like just running away, she's like, I want to. And like, listen, I was with my boyfriend when my mom passed away and Libby could not get a hold of me for a good chunk of the night. And so that's why I have all these insecure feelings. That's why I always try to mother her. That's why I'm so scared about not being there for people. And so Charlie's like, look, I understand. And like, just stay for as long as you feel like you can stay. And then like, I'll walk you home or whatever. And it was just such a nice moment. And I was so happy that Nora had gotten to a place where she could say that and she could have that and she could like, express those feelings and feel like she could be vulnerable charlie it was so amazing and then after this we find out that Livy isn't getting a divorce her husband brendan got a job nearby so they're all moving to sunshine falls they already bought a house and of course nora's not you know the happiest when she finds this out which to be honest i wouldn't be either if like you didn't talk to me about fucking picking up and moving 
across the country well not across the country south but like she's moving really far away and like I was simultaneously feeling what Nora was feeling but I was also like okay so this means Libby's gonna end up running the bookstore and Charlie's gonna come back to New York City so like I was happy but I was also sad because Nora had to go through all the sad feelings and like she had to say goodbye to Charlie and like they had that one last dance at the little fair and then Libby moves and it's like really really emotional but then the December 12th book birthday thing first of all it's one of January's books which I loved but then Libby's present to her is that Charlie is moving back because Libby and Brendan and Charlie's entire family made a powerpoint and was like look you don't belong here we've got it under control get your ass back to New York City and go get the girl and because of this the epilogue is the entire family in the bookstore and we get little updates on everybody and the update on Nora and Charlie is that he's gonna propose and that she picked out the ring and that it's just it's so so cute and lovely and to wrap up this episode I I loved this book so much it was so good their dynamic and their banter and the personal growth and the like small town and all the tropes and just it was so good. Emily Henry does bookish books the best and I was so so happy with this one and so now my ranking for Emily Henry books goes Beach Read is at the top and then Book Lovers and The Love That Split the World are tied for number two. People We Meet on Vacation is three, A Million Junes is four, and When the Sky Fell in Splendor is five. And I have episodes for Beach Read, The Love That Split the World, People We Meet on Vacation, and A Million Junes. And When the Sky Fall on Splendor is coming at some point. I have read it. I just need to decide if I want to release it or if I want to wait and hold on because it's a very, like, spooky kind of book. So I'm like, maybe it's more October vibes and maybe I'll just sit on the episode for a while. But the only book I haven't read by Emily Henry is Hello Girls, and that's the one she co-wrote with Brittany what's her last name? Kavar Cavallaro. The woman who wrote um the Study in Charlotte books, the Charlotte Holmes series, she co-wrote it with her and like Study in Charlotte was not my favorite series but it could be good because it's Emily Henry so I need to get my hands on that but I'm so so sad my journey with book lovers is over because it was so good and lovely and amazing and just like getting to do this episode like every time I record an episode it's always a little bit on from when I've read the book and I get to just relive all the feelings I had when I was reading this the book and so doing that for this one was so lovely and brilliant and amazing and I loved it so much I cannot wait to see what she puts out next but yeah I have been Maya Ghosh and this has been my take on Book Lovers by Emily Henry thanks for listening So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore My Take on Twitter and Instagram. Please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.